Hello, welcome to Reaction Shots for March 2018. Huber is out of town currently. I'm and and I will be out of town the week that this goes up. So the Oscars have happened for you, but not for us. So we'll have to discuss that in April. Um, <laughs> I'm joined again by Max and Nick Folkman. Hi. Hello. hello. How are you guys doing? Good. Tired. Yeah. When are the Oscars? Are they next week? Sunday. The, the Sunday? Yeah. I'm okay, not going to watch think? it. So. I don't know. Uh-huh. I don't care. Yeah. I, I usually look, like if there's a funny thing, I'll watch it on the YouTube and then I'll look at the list of winners. I don't know. Maybe this year they'll turn it around. Last year, GDC was during the Oscars. So I remember coming back from the conference and seeing the stuff about the the mix-up with Moonlight and Born Beatty. Yeah. Oh, boy. Never before have two more diametrically opposed movies been confused for best picture with each other. I haven't seen either of them. I did not care for La La Land, really. That's what we've heard. I didn't see Moonlight. I saw I saw a bunch of moonlight over a woman's shoulder on a plane, and it just looked so sad. Yeah, I want to see it. I've I want to see it. A bunch of gifs of it on Tumblr. Yeah, so I, I think I know the entire movie by now. It's <laughs> yeah. like the reason why I still haven't watched. We I own the Blu-ray of Where the Wild Things Are, but like, like I need to be in a specific mood to watch this movie, and it's never lined up. Right. I didn't care for that movie actually. I. My friends and I had a theory that if your parents are divorced, you love that movie. But if your parents are still together, you don't like it at all. Interesting. I don't know. That was the theory. <laughs> I just heard it's really dark. It's pretty, yeah. And I, I remember—I don't recall it explicitly, but I remember feeling like much of it was pointless. Uh, that it was just kind of dark for no reason. I just want to see the puppets. Yeah, the the effects are very nice. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, this month we're going to be talking about blockbuster films, not the, not the, uh, erstwhile not the video chain. rental chain, no, but, uh, the, the, the phenomenon, uh, last, last month we discussed B movies and this seemed to me to be a kind of a natural extension of that. We Another sort of talked. Of B. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The B other, movies. the more successful B movie perhaps. Um, but, uh, first of all, and also, yeah, we're probably going to talk about Marvel movies a lot. In this, I imagine. They're like the modern blockbuster. Yeah, it's just kind of like a template. Uh, but first of all, uh, agnostic of any theme, what have you liked recently? We liked Annihilation, which we all saw together. We saw Annihilation together, the, the, the three of us and yeah. Sophia. I want to go see it again soon before it goes out of theaters because apparently it's already evaporating everywhere. Yeah. And I've heard uh, that the um, studio, Paramount or whoever, was like, mad that he wouldn't change the endings so they put it out on netflix internationally and not in theaters or some malarkey one producer wanted to change the ending to make uh, stuff happen and another producer who had final cut disagreed decided with the director okay and just that's this stay with that it's like they didn't bow to the changes which i guess is why paramount dumped the distribution everywhere else except (laughs) for america (laughs) that seems like something paramount might do um i heard i did hear that you see the script for the movie came out and the original ending was different. Really? Yeah, there's another thing that It happened. wasn't that it's different, it just it went on a little bit like for But like it totally two more changes okay. the thing of the movie. Let's just do let's just do it. Okay? okay. Spoiler alert for Annihilation, the movie and possibly the books. Uh I'll like wave my arms when it's safe. 
to to Un- listen uterus. again. Yeah, yeah, if you if you haven't seen Annihilation, uh, if I recall, if I remember, I'll put a little thing in the uh, the description too of like you can skip this. Uh, this but, won't go that long. All right, I've read. We've all read the whole yeah. series. Yeah, I adore the books. They're like very. So the ending's even different than the book. It's different. It's way more different than the book. The, the of movie the movie, yeah. yeah, yeah, oh yeah, the but whole the, movie is pretty. But different. the original ending that is not in the movie, it's even more different than the book. All right, what's the script ending that that was? Released? So in the script, one, it says that after the lighthouse stuff yeah. it is clear that you don't know if Natalie Portman is the original Natalie Portman or the changed one. Yeah, and then stuff happens with same stuff happens in the movie, and then after that, it goes to space where you see more meteors falling onto Earth. <laughs> And splitting across, like splitting apart to show the shimmer. Yeah. Just for like no reason. That's how it ends. <laughs> what a weird, like Roland Emmerich, like hook. So it's like, okay, that sets up a sequel. Right. Because this one basically like murdered all possibility for the sequels of the book. You were telling me a thing before we started that Alex Garland said the book was more like a dream and thus only read it once and then adapted the script. He liked he wanted- it because it felt like a dream when he was reading it. So to get that across, he decided he'd only read it once and then write from memory what he remembered of the book so that it felt like a dream when he was writing it. Right. That Which I'm into. I mean, like, that's interesting as an exercise, I guess. Oh, God. I, I, need, to, I need to express this. I don't know if I've ever been more conflicted about how I feel about a movie than I feel about Annihilation. Like, I sat in the credits with my hands in front of my face like this for the entirety of the credits. And I was like, I didn't know how I felt emotionally about the film at all, just in general. I still have this sort of malaise washed over me now, week a week later. Ugh. You were down on it a day later. Yeah, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think just looking at it, divorcing myself from my love of the books, I think as a film, it has, I think, pretty bad pacing, especially in the first third. Uh, I think that personally, the leaning on the romantic stuff, I didn't like um, because that was so anathema to her motivations in the book. Um, but she's not the book character. So I know. She has like that's the, thing. that's the thing. I have to almost like just completely look at the film you need to wait like six months as its own thing yeah yeah yeah. i need to like completely divorce it from the books entirely because it's not the books yeah for reasons that you have made clear uh oh man though i don't know i think that i think a lot of there there are a lot of things in it that are just in it to be weird and that don't pay off or make any sense i'd argue that's the book too well yeah (laughs) but the the things in the book that are weird it like it has a different quality to it. I feel like, and a lot of the things that are mysterious in the first book are made clear in the third book, to some extent. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. Also, uh, we we stayed for the ArcLight story at the end after yeah. the credits, and there was a bat- behind the scenes shot of Natalie Portman running around the facility. So with apparently the one that too. with That's a gun. The one yeah. scene from the movie. It's like ten minutes to cut out. So they cut that out. Yeah, it was an action scene. Okay, where she like tries to make an escape and fails, I imagine. She makes tries to make an escape and then that she breaks out and then she sees the shimmer. Oh, so and she then she's just like, Whoa damn. Yeah. But they thought that was weird for her to like to see that, then like her to suddenly like do a one eighty and like, I wanna join the team to go in. Uh, yeah. That makes sense. It's, so it probably is like that scene when she's standing alone on the balcony or whatever and sees it. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. they they didn't reshoot it, they just like re edited it re edited it 
Yeah. And it worked out. They should have cut out the shot of her looking at the security guard's gun then. Because it was like a very ominous foreshadowing of her. I mean, I guess it's telegraphing her desire to escape without showing. No, it's just showing like, oh, this is serious. Right, I guess. (sighs) All right, so he's. Wait, is Annihilation a blockbuster? I. eh, Nah. We don't know yet. It's not successful yet. That doesn't matter. That there are a few different. Like, I've got yeah. some really good patron uh, comments this month. I guess we're out of spoiler territory, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, we're out of spoiler territory. Welcome back. We didn't really spoil it, actually. There weren't really that bad of spoilers, but um, yes. Shall shall? We, is there anything else that you've seen that you've liked recently? I mean, we watched The Hobbit, The Battle of the Five Armies on Blu-ray recently, and fascinating it's not as bad as we thought it would be after seeing the first two movies in theaters and just like uh, it's just fascinating yeah. to watch that movie and look at like because same thing we watched the, the first hot movies like wait did do we is like the first lord of the rings is not that great We're like no fellowship of the ring is amazing because right. i started watching that again last night and one the Hobbit movies look really cgi yeah especially when you, if you saw in high frame rate which yeah. we did and like yeah. It just looked fake. Even the landscape shots, with like that's real. And the looks makeup look, yeah, yeah. And the, there's so much CGI in the Hobbit movies, especially as they go on. And, and they said it. last night in the behind the scenes, like they said, like ninety over ninety percent of every, of the whole movie is has visual effects in, every, in the shot. Wow. Which is like, there's so much of the first like Phyllis of the Ring where like it's all practical, like, like they shot like in a the cornfield. Forced perspective and stuff yeah. too. Yeah. Like they would do it practically. Yeah. Yeah. It's all great. Like, yeah, Fellowship's still great. So watch Hobbit. It's it's okay. It's more interesting just to look at that as a an experiment right. or like blockbuster filmmaking gone wrong, like an artifact of yeah, like because disaster. That's so insane. Like they had an original director who was on there for two years, then he left, and then Peter Jackson came back, and then I made didn't that, know that for yeah, that's crazy. It's related to like a bad thing that came out of blockbuster movies is just. Because of the escalating budgets and everything, just studios committing to making a movie before the script is done. Right. Would not have, that doesn't happen, I would think, in most independent film. Yeah. Because <laughs> you probably it takes forever to get financing anyway. So like by the time you start, get the movie financed, you're gonna have the script done. That's a big that's a big, I think, part of blockbuster cinema is that there is that pressure to keep the machine churning out new pictures, you know? Yeah. Um Plus they announce release dates so early now. Oh yeah. Like all I mean, the Marvel dates Marvel, yeah. and the DC dates. Mapping out mapping out a franchise years in advance. Yeah. Like, and we're still waiting to see if like Han Solo is playing chicken with the world. Like, are they going to push back to December? No, they're actually going to commit oh, to May. Yeah. No, it's coming out in May now, no matter what. Oh, man. <laughs> we'll see how Solo goes. A lot of people are very worried about it. I don't know. I'm just kind of like, yeah. Ron Howard's a fine person just to finish a movie. Yeah. I yeah. just... I hope someone does like the entire history of Lucasfilm from Force Awakens on. I just wanted to read a, a book about that. Yeah, because all that sounded so interesting and insane. I bet there's all kinds of wacky stuff going on yeah. behind the scenes that none of us know about. Probably will never know about. Yeah, but bad before, optics. Yeah, and just because related to the blockbuster stuff, like I was reading this visual effects uh, behind the scenes stuff on Last Jedi mm. and the visual effects vendors were so happy that they had a finished script this time <laughs> as opposed to Force Awakens and like Rogue One and they're like oh this is so nice like it should always be like this <laughs> it should always be like this making a movie yeah where you've begun things and you actually have a script I mean that's 
that's the thing I don't know if I've ever like a lot of people got mad at Ryan Johnson, but like I think a lot of the a lot of people's complaints about eight are actually problems that JJ set up in seven that Ryan just had to deal with. Yeah. Like they're not his fault. They're they're no. they're Mr. Mystery Boxes. That, fault. It's the two years of waiting for that movie. Like we don't have anything else to like give us right. defeat us. Yeah. We just need like okay, Snoke. Yeah. Rampant speculation. Race it has bomb. to mean something. Uh yeah. If anyway. that movie came out immediately after Force Awakens, no one would be angry. Yeah, if they like released them back to back or whatever. Yeah. Like a month Plus apart. it's like if you look back at Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. People were angry about those movies too. Oh yeah, yeah. I imagine like Empire is pretty gutsy because it just kind of stops. Yeah, and it's pretty sad, and like this one actually has like a little bit of hope at the end of it. Yeah, but even, it's pretty dark still. Yeah, but and for, it tells its own story. Yeah, and reinvents you know the whole kind of shish kebab. It has porgs. Porgs, which I assume you guys know this, but like. I thought porgs were like, eh, whatever. They got to sell toys, whatever. No, no. But to cover up puffins because they couldn't legally move the puffins. When I heard that, I was like, oh, porgs are sweet. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. That's a sweet way to deal with that problem. I love them. Uh, Anyway, shall we we jump into this? Wait, do we want... Because you never answered is Annihilation a blockbuster. All right. Do you think Annihilation is a blockbuster? It's weird because I think marketing defines a blockbuster as a blockbuster or a movie as a blockbuster a lot and yeah. because we live in LA and it's like billboards yeah. all the billboards are for movies here right? and I don't watch TV right? so I don't we don't have a good idea of how advertising or marketing works there were trailers role. there were multiple trailers for Annihilation yeah. I only saw the first one as a larger sense I don't get the impression just in general sense I, don't, I didn't think they were marketing that heavily yeah but it's also is it rated R yeah Movies don't our radar don't tend to get a push that heavily. Mm. Uh, I think the fact that it's coming on uh, that it's based on well, loosely inspired by a popular book series. Yeah. Um. I think that bolstered it a lot. Yeah. Because you always saw that like, and because Ex Machina was such a like smash hit. Yeah. Like, it's fun. It's really funny to me that the only messaging about Alex Garland was from the director of Ex Machina. But it's like, this dude's been writing novels. He wrote... Dude wrote Dread. Yeah, Dread, 28 Days Later, The Beach, like... Sunshine. Odyssey, Slave of the West. Yeah, like... Or, oh, no, yeah, Slave the game. Odyssey. The, yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever Slave the game, yeah. yeah. Like, dude's been around forever. Yeah. Doing weird, crazy stuff with weird third acts. Like, since forever. <laughs> and, like, yeah, it's just funny to me that they're just like, he's only ever done Xbox, you know? He also gave just a side, a small side tangent, but he gave a really great answer in an interview recently where he was talking about how people is like people have a hard time pegging him down, or audiences have a hard time responding to what his movies are because like you would think like they look like they're big like sci-fi marketable movies, but they're a lot weirder than that. Yeah, and he's like, I don't know what, like I don't really understand why I'm doing it this way, but. I'm not going to change, but I think TV is like the better fit for me. Maybe <laughs> like that's like what is more successful, which is why he's doing a FX show right now. Oh, on FX. I think so. About technology. Oh. Silicon Valley. A narrative. Yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting. Um, that's the thing with, with Alex Garland is like, I respect, I respect his kind of like laissez faire, just kind of like screw it attitude. 
you know? Yeah. Even though sometimes I don't know if they hit always. Yeah. But, like, I definitely respect the stuff that he's doing. Ex Machina, I thought, was great. Yeah. Um, he, he has... His movies always have that kind of interesting question at their core, and they're always... You can read them in multiple ways, which I always really respect. I actually think Annihilation is weird in that because it does kind of tie itself up very succinctly, and, and like, their characters with their mouths actually basically say what's happening at the end of that movie. Yeah. Uh, which I think is actually kind of strange for that movie uh, because it is kind of based on something so nebulous, you know? But uh, Ex Machina, I think, is really interesting because um, there's a line that Oscar Isaac says in the middle of that movie where he says, eh, maybe I'm going to tear next up the dance one. floor. Oh, yeah, that <laughs> one. <laughs> and then he does. That seems so weird. But... Uh, Oh man, that movie's good. But um, where he says maybe the next one will be right. Yeah, yeah. Like because this one doesn't have empathy. Yeah. <laughs> and then at the end of the movie, you're like, yeah, get out of there, like go for it. And then you're like, oh wait, but I wait was... a minute, what if he was just right? Like the dude was kind of a bastard, but like what if he actually was correct and she isn't finished and just doesn't have empathy? It's all very interesting because you can look at it from either angle. Yeah. You know. My favorite reading of the end of the movie, spoilers for Ex Machina. Spoilers for Ex Machina. <laughs> is the last shot of the movie where she talks about how earlier that she wants to go out and look at, like, go to street and watch humanity. Mm. Is that she goes to the end and then she watches humanity for like two seconds, then is uninterested, then yeah. walks away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and spoilers for Ex Machina. And, and spoilers. <laughs> All right, now let's get to the main right. stuff. We got to find Blockbuster. So, what is, what is a Blockbuster? So, like, it started out as a business term that applied after movies released that's very popular. Also just literally meant a movie that had lines for the movie that line up around the block. Yeah. It's like, I mean, that was the literal. Yeah. And um, that like still works, but it's, it's evolved more than that. And over time, it was like, it was a descriptor after the fact for a movie. And over time it became, um, no, it, it was a label. But then before, after that, it became a descriptor for movies while they're making them. It's like, we're going to turn this into a blockbuster and form make it specifically to cater to, like they're trying to reverse engineer what like, right. a blockbuster is, like the hero's journey. <laughs> uh, we have a few good comments about this. Uh, Morgan Mahala, uh, specifically talking about can you call something a block, blockbuster before it's out or after, only after you've seen the numbers. Uh, Morgan Mahala said, I think that blockbusters earn the title based on the urgency to go see it. And to have that sweet, sweet water cooler conversation the next day or week. So basically the zeitgeist around the yeah. movie. Uh, Tokyo Slim, who we will have a lot of great comments from from him this week. It's a good name. Uh, this month, yeah. Uh, said, I think before it comes out, many movies are potential blockbusters. Uh, but if they do poorly at the box office, then they just aren't one. Yeah. So he, his theory is like things can be groomed and, and placed as a blockbuster. But then if they don't perform, the, the mantle is removed. Because uh, I think you can have blockbusters that fail. I think that you can or cannot can. Yeah, because I think it's totally valid. But I also understand like a blockbuster can only be called a blockbuster if it makes a ton of money. But the way studios think of it, it's like no, we're making a block like a blockbuster. Like every Marvel movie is a blockbuster, and there's creating it that way. So you can still classify it that way, but it's just like technically it can it can and and cannot be one yeah i think that that's definitely um a very 
I had a comment about that, but um, it's a really interesting thing because, yeah, like John Carter came up a couple of times yeah. where people were like, this was being groomed as this huge new kickoff to a franchise and yeah. it totally crashed. But yeah, a lot of people would say it's a blockbuster flop. Yeah. It's um, like uh, King Arthur, Legend of the Hidden Sword. That movie, the studio wanted to make seven of them wow i think it was seven it's like five or seven optimistic one of the biggest flops apparently according to wikipedia of all time okay for like the most money that the studio lost on it i was surprised i can't can't remember what the number was but it was very high (laughs) and we we've seen that movie it's not like uh what was movie like mute which we forgot to say that we saw that like mute it's too weird to be bad okay but it is, it's not a good movie. <laughs> and we were watching it, it felt like it was on fast forward for the first half, at least. But it wasn't. Sometimes you just gotta get to the good stuff. <laughs> it was good at the beginning, because it was just these, this <laughs> siege of this crazy English castle with war elephants that are like 100 stories tall, and it was weird. Duncan Jones, man. What? Oh, What's mute. going on? Mute? Yeah. What what's happening with Duncan Jones? Like well, Moon, Mute, I love. Mute's Source a weird case. Code was okay. Yeah, Mute is a, like it's, it's after Mute is what's going to be the test. Of, like if he's going to be if he's knows what he's doing or not. It's a right. movie he wanted to make for like sixteen years, so he might not have been able to see the forest for the trees in that one. Because like I just want to make it because I want to make it all the time. So I don't I don't want to judge him for right. how uh, his passion project. rough that movie is. Right. So but like. And like Warcraft, yeah, it's not amazing, but the studio messed with that movie a lot. Yeah. And Source Code, I like that movie, except how that script at the end, like when you try to think of what this means for the character, it's like, that is fucked up. And I don't, they don't mean for it to be fucked up. Uh, elaborate. I don't. I okay, spoilers for Source Code. Spoilers for Source Code. <laughs> so the whole th- conceit is that Jake. Hall is yeah. jumping to this guy's body who's not Jake Gyllenhaal. Right. To relive, relive yeah. his life. And it's like in an alternate reality. Is it, it's constantly different alternate reality. Is that it? It's more of the end of the movie. Yeah. He basically jumps into this other guy's life forever. Yeah. And that, the guy who he replaced is just gone now. Yeah. yeah. I forgot about that. I remember because there's like he the real him is like in a coma and they yeah, like turn like, the machine he's off. He's got like no legs and no arms. Yeah. Right. Like sh- and they turn the machine off? Or like kill yeah. his body. But I guess, he's just, but like he's yeah. the other guy? they essentially kill the other guy that Jake Gyllenhaal right. is replacing. Yeah, but they don't like. And he falls in love that. with like that guy's wife or wife, girlfriend. Yeah, or yeah. Whatever. Rad, love it. That's yeah. like that's like how if you really think about the end of Back to the Future, you're like, wait a minute, they're all gonna think this guy's insane. <laughs> like they all have a life that he has no awareness of. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, but, like Source Code is just a good like. That's a good like Friday night movie. Yeah, like yeah. a Hitchcock movie. It's like just a small little like source, source Code's only crime is being like fine. Yeah. It's like an average movie. But it's not trying to be anything right, more than it right. is. Exactly. Uh I rewatched Paycheck uh, a few months ago. <laughs> John Woo classic. The, uh no, the um the um Isn't Oh wait, pay- did John Woo direct that? That's the Ben Affleck one. one with, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the that's like his last Dick English one? movie. Yeah. Oh, you're right. I forgot. Because and it has all kinds of shots of birds in it too. Slow mo doves like <laughs> yeah. all the time. Yeah. Whoa. Anyway, that movie's not good, but it's fun. That I classify as like 
Firewall and yeah. those oh, weird yeah. action movies. I actually watched Firewall around the same time period. I was trying to do, I wanted to watch like those like puzzle movies, you know, like the yeah. game, but there aren't any other good ones. The game is a good movie. Yeah. Game's the game like, is that's great. A, that's, not those, that's not the same type of movie. No, but I'm saying like the game is like a, it's it's like a game that you're yeah. also playing. Yeah. Vantage like, Point. I never saw that one. I heard it was bad. I saw it in theaters. It is. I saw <laughs> it I liked Matthew Fox until I learned that he's an asshole. Is he an asshole in real life? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not surprised, I guess. Domestic abuse. Oh, that that movie was like them trying him out again, and then America. They tried him out like, for a nah. while. And Speed Racer, <laughs> Speed Racer, and Emperor. He's in Speed Racer. Yeah, he's Racer X. Wow, I have no memory of that. I feel like I've seen Speed Racer in chunks and never all the way through. I wrote Speed Racer. I mentioned it in here because it's one of the box off, one of the blockbuster failures. Wait, which which movie was the biggest box office failure of all time? Okay, okay. We Did you ever say it? So what do you actually? What do you think it is? Like last. Ten years, I think it came out ten years ago. No, with, over that, but it's like ten? it's like all time. Yeah, but it's all, all time, time. But I mean, the biggest ones of all time all right, that I'll, I'm aware. Well, of. I'll give you a clue. It's animated. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, I was like, okay, Waterworld is a no. big failure. That's um, not even up there that much. Yeah, it's not not anymore. This yeah. is just in terms of how much money the studio lost on it. Okay, whoa. You I want feel another, like it's probably glaringly obvious. You want another clue? This movie almost killed the studio. And it made the studio switch entirely, like drop traditional animation and go to CG. Brad Pitt is the lead character. Oh, is that that religious one? No, no. that is that's uh, that's the Ray Fiennes and right Joseph. What? It's the Moses movie. No, that's Val Kilmer's. Oh, right. yeah, Val Kilmer, Prince of Egypt. Yeah, yeah. Prince of Egypt. Hey, Prince of Egypt has a great song. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's a good, good movie. That's a good movie. That's a good movie. All right, what is it? Sinbad. Legend of the Seven Seas. Whoa! <laughs> I never would have. Yeah. Sinbad. Yeah. How much? One hundred sixty-six million loss. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you wouldn't think it would be. No. An animated. And that movie's not bad. It's not. No. It's, it's fine. not. It's fine. It's not worth losing that much money on it. Yeah. It's not worse than King Arthur, which is like number two. Oh boy, King Arthur lost a lot of money. Did Alexander lose a lot of money? I yeah, hate yeah, it was on the list. Alexander, I worked at the movie theater at the time, went in for free. I had I saw it like the day before it came out because I was doing like the movie theaters like QC on it, and I was just like, whatever, I'll see it. Yeah. Um and I like had my Game Boy SP or whatever, a Game Boy Advance. Yeah. And I was I'm like still pissed I didn't walk out of that piece of crap. I think Alexander's the, it must have the most amount of like different director's cuts of oh. any movie. There's up to like five now. Whoa, really? Uh, yeah. I was aware of two. No, there's at least four. I wrote down other flops. Yeah, that, like, and we wrote studios. down ones that killed studios or like killed careers. Or Titan AE killed Fox Animation. Dude, dude, Titan AE. Good movie. Good movie. Good movie. I, I like Titan. I will stand by Titan. Nathan Lane, yeah, right? Nathan is Lane. like the evil. Nathan like, Lane needs more roles. Yes, he does. But I love the line where he goes, I weep for the species. His name I'm is like, like Pre or Creed? 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 Preen? I think it's Preen. Pre- I think it's Pre or Preen. Preen? Isn't Bill Pullman? He's the he's, he's the captain. He's like the yeah. yeah. And then and they name Earth Two Bob. Janine Garofalo is the cool alien lady with the big legs, like the kangaroo. Yeah. And then oh, is what it, a ridiculous movie! It's the Charlie's Angel, isn't it? What? The love interest. Oh it's no, not it's, Drew, an it's Drew Barrymore. Oh, yeah, Drew Barrymore. And Matt Damon. And then the, the alien guy is... Total Oak. Is it Total Oak? Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. He's, yeah, his, yeah, he's yeah. His, the, the mentor. <laughs> but then... No, no. The, the alien guy is uh, Luigi from Mario. 
Oh, uh, John Leguizamo. Appreciate, yeah. yeah, isn't it? But Tony Logan's also in it. Yeah, yeah he is. He's Matt Damon's he's like a, mentor. He's, he's amazing in it. Let uh, Tokyo Slim brought up Blade Runner 2049. But wait, yeah, I, so, have, I have a couple more movies that killed studios. Okay. The Iron Giant and Looney Tunes back in action killed Warner Brothers Animation. Final Fantasy of Spirits Within killed uh, Square. <laughs> killed Square's like Hollywood wing. Yeah. And almost probably the studio. That They created a whole studio in Hawaii just to make that movie and going to make more. And then came out and then they just closed it. I, uh... I was actually working with some of the people uh, who worked on Spirits Within it's a while ago. Also, like, it's too weird to be bad. I, I remember thinking, it like, I remember just being, like, blown away by the CG when yeah. I was a kid and I saw it. How What year was that? Like, how old were we? But, um, it was, like, 2001 around. Okay, so, I, yeah, in my teens, I guess. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I remember liking it at the time, but I've always kind of been, like, a little forgiving when it comes to just like weird things yeah. like that. You love the score to it. It's a really good. It's also, also Elliot Goldenthal, the composer of Batman Forever oh. and Batman and Robin, which and, which we also both recently watched. Yeah. And Michael Mann's movies. He did Heat. Also, yeah, we watched Batman, Heat Red Robin, and Batman Forever recently. Amazing movies, still, dude. Like, so I, I would go birthday... to bat for Batman Forever. What? Oh yeah, I had a birthday party the other day, and uh, as as is always the case, <laughs> I start. The thing with playing something like artsy fartsy on the projector, like this this year was Samsara. In the past, it was usually like some Alejandro Jodorowsky film or something like Holy Mountain or whatever. But then invariably, it always devolves into us just watching Batman and Robin and or Batman Forever. This time, we got through both. <laughs> Great, and in reverse order. So Batman and Robin, and then Batman Forever. Batman Forever is a better movie. Yeah, it's like actually a good movie almost. Yeah, uh, it's like. I would I think Batman and Robin it cuz it is more ridiculous than Batman Forever but it like it is more consistent yeah. with this ridiculousness the entire Batman time. Batman Forever yeah has a few moments where it's like you have a slip on the banana peel noise and you're like what? Yeah. But Batman and Robin is just out the gate. Then like crazy. Batman Forever it's like okay those characters are both basically the Joker again. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, or yeah. Batman and Robin like okay Mr. Freeze has his own thing he's just punning all the time. Poison Ivy she loves plants, and like Bane's just the guy who scree- is yeah. stupid and screams his name all the time. <laughs> Bane, darling. Oh my god. Okay, so wait, some more failures. Yeah, what else? Well, wait, we talked about The Hobbit, and New Line let Peter Jackson do Lord of the Rings because they were going to go broke, right? And they were just like, screw it, go for it. I don't know if they were going to go broke. That's what I heard. They were like on the verge of bankruptcy. And uh, they were- MGM. MGM oh. went bankrupt when they were making with Del Toro. Oh, okay. Because New Line was not bankrupt because... But then New Line went out of business later. They went out of business because of Golden Compass, and then that's why they got sold to Warner Brothers, I think. Golden Compass is a real drag. I like those books. <laughs> we tried watching that recently. Oh, really? We got like halfway through it. Like We paused it like, wait, there's that much left? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> those books are good, though. Uh, new, new entry in a prequel trilogy. It's interesting. It's good. The writer of that is... Writing the new Star Wars, I think. Philip Pullman is? No, the writer of the movie. Golden Compass. Oh, uh, what? Yeah, Chris White. He's writing nine? Or he's he's writing some big movie that surprised me. Huh. I think he might have directed Golden Compass too. Interesting. Um, I'm always surprised when they give people like... like I mean, it, they took him off now, but when they announced that dude who did... Uh, what's his name? Justin... Whatever, who did uh, Jurassic World. Colin Trevorrow. Colin Yeah. Uh... When they put him on Star Wars 9, I was like, really? I mean, like, I, I'm not saying that they should, like, drum people out of Hollywood for having a bad movie. That's not what I'm saying. Did but you I'm see like, the Book of Henry? I did not. We did. That, that, 
that one was like that bonkers looking. Movie. That's a yeah. passion project for that guy. That came out after Jurassic World. That's what he chose to make after right. Jurassic World. I saw the trailer and I was like, "What the hell?" The, the, the real movie's weirder. Really? Yeah. Also Good, bad. A, oh, bad. Okay. But yeah, I couldn't believe it's like okay. Yeah, he made the most successful movie of all time when it, Jurassic World came out. It's like, but you want you're to choose just that person. That's the reason you chose that person to make the Star Wars right. movie. Movie that's guaranteed to make money, right? Like get someone who maybe would yeah. do a better job. All right, who else destroyed things? Um, the mummy destroyed Universal's dark universe, like shared universe, <laughs> entire planet. Dead on arrival. Yeah. yeah. Um, the postman was part of Waterworld, with destroying Kevin Costner's like big budget career. Yeah. Um, I thought I it was really funny that Pan and Peter Pan, both live action Peter Pan movies, just flopped entirely. Yeah. People. Peter Pan is like one of those things that they keep trying and then they just don't get the memo that like no one cares. Especially with that new one with Hugh Jackman singing Smells Like Team Spirit. Whoa. All the different pirates. Yeah. yeah. Whoa. Like Moulin Rouge already did it, guys. Yeah. This seems pretty cool, but um, <laughs> people forget about this one movie, Brian Singer's Jack the Giant Slayer. Okay. Do you, do you remember this I, movie? It Vaguely familiar. I've never seen it. It came out after Days like, of Future Past or before it? I think before it. Whoa, so not even that long ago. Like big budget Jack and the Beanstalk movie with Nicholas Holt and Stanley <laughs> Tucci, Ian McGregor, Ian McShane. Weird. And I think some other big actors too. Bill Nye. And it's like, one, it looked awful from the trailers, but two, it's like huge flop, which is unsurprising because that fuck that movie. <laughs> um, Monster Trucks. Oh, Yeah. Monster Trucks is like one of those movies like in time where someone just like, hey, I got an idea for a well, thing. Well, you heard how the and idea that's came all out. No, it is. I, I don't think that's true. The, you don't? The I tried to look it up. I, I didn't was find it. That somebody's kid just wanted Monster yeah, Trucks. Yeah, that's what I, I thought it was. That's that what I heard. It's a studio but, head, yeah. yeah. Uh, 40, in time is like one of those things where it's just like, what if time really was money? Never saw it. It's okay. My old roommate was in it. Roger Deakins shot it. Yeah. Well, that was his first digital movie. Gotta be didn't good. look that oh, good. Didn't look that good. 47 Ronin. Oh, I wanted to see that and then just never did. Yeah. That really the trailer, I was like, oh, this could be sweet, but also bad. Yeah. Oh, and then the last ones were Tomorrowland and John Carter for ending the live action careers of Pixar directors, forcing uh, them to go back to Pixar to make sequels to their old movies. Brad Bird did all right, though. He, he did, did before he, he did Mission Impossible, then he did Tomorrowland. Oh. That was so bad. He's like, all right, I'm going to do Incredibles 2 now. Yeah, true. Good point. At least that Mission Impossible was good, though. Yeah. Wait, he did Ghost Protocol? Yeah. 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 I actually like Ghost Protocol a lot. Do you? Like, but a lot. I always forget the third act of that movie. Oh, yeah. So do I. Yeah. It's, it's got, it's, like, it's the best gadget sequence. Like, one of the best ones of them in that hallway with the oh, yeah, hologram that, thing. That part is hilarious. And yeah. that, whatever that gadget is, that makes, like, the water dripping noise, like, on the other side of the room. Oh, yeah. That's my oh, favorite that's gadget they've one. ever made. And just the whole scene of them, like, trying to print those fake documents into that briefcase. Yeah. With uh, Leah Saidu, yeah, who's yeah. just great. Anyway, the hell are we talking about? We're talking about movies that failed. <laughs> I had like, oh, I had Speed Racer and Jupiter sending both tanks. So I don't know what the test is going to do now because well, Sense they're Eight, making that Sense Eight movie, right? Yeah, yeah but after that, I want to know if they're going to get another big budget movie again. I hope I, they do. I really like Sense Eight in theory. I got yeah. a couple episodes into season two and just didn't keep going. That is like one of the only things we've ever seen where it was too slow for us. It was very slow. 
And it just kept lugubrious. Re- yeah, and it kept repeating Glacial. the same information over and over again. Like, yeah. okay, we get it. Yeah, just, I'm like, I understand. Please have a plot element at yeah. all. Have and, something happen. And I'll watch the Wachowskis do anything. I like yeah. the Wachowskis a lot. Yeah, I do not. I'm not a fan of how they do humor. I don't think they're good at doing jokes. <laughs> Jupiter Ascending showed that. Speed Racer's weakest moments, I think, are the humor stuff. Jupiter Ascending, I watched like the first twenty something minutes, and I was just like, oh boy, oh boy, it's. But I like I like the Wachowskis. Yeah, I, like I want them to make more more of anything. Yeah. The, there was an f- interesting moment in the beginning of, uh, you know, because I care about like LGBTQ issues obviously quite a bit, uh, and uh, there was a fun moment for me in the beginning of Sensei because I just turned it on. I just yeah. knew, oh, I was like, oh, the Wachowskis, cool. I turned it on, watched it, and when they introduced Jamie Clayton's character, uh, who's the trans woman yeah. in that, I was like. Come on, Wachowskis, you could have at least like cast an actual trans woman, you know? <laughs> and then I looked up Jamie Clayton and I'm just like, Oh Yeah. <laughs> She's like, great. You're looking Oh man, I'm so jealous. Anyway. Oh, that's a weird aside. But yeah. uh yeah, Jamie Clayton's great. I wonder if I wonder if she's gonna have like I think she's in more stuff. She was now. in the snowman. In like a two minute role. Is she? Michael F- yeah, she's one of like the computer workers at the cop place. Weird. Yeah, there's one scene with her in it. Cool. It's like, yeah, cool. He's showing up. It's in a bad movie. Yeah. <laughs> but I could see why you'd want to be in it because, like, that guy does good movies usually. Yeah. What happened there? I never, I didn't see it. The studio pushed it out it too awful. quickly. Okay. He said, the director came out. He was, like, like, not even done or something? No, he's just like, we started earlier than I thought we would, so we didn't have the script ready. And then we did, I couldn't film everything I wanted to film. Apparently, they left out like 20% of the script. Oh, wow. Wow. It's yeah, because still- let the right one in. Phenomenal movie. And Tinker Taylor. Tinker Taylor is so good. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. All right, let's move on. Anyway, we, put we, Jamie Clayton in more stuff. digressions too much. Uh, yeah. They, uh, so, yeah, blockbusters. We got a Tokyo Slim comment here. I like that. Maybe maybe Tokyo Slim will get us back on track. Here. Okay. The term blockbuster had been around since before Jaws, used for such films as Gone with the, Wild, uh, Gone with the Wind uh, people always forget about adjusted for inflation. Gone with the Wind has made equivalent of three and a half billion dollars to box office. I was actually going to bring that up. Gone, Gone with the Wind, like yeah. adjusted, is like the best, uh, highest grossing movie ever. Yeah. Um, it's just that one. Uh, uh, once upon a time, these movies were rare. They were a hand. There were a handful of them, and they certainly didn't come out annually. <laughs> I think that Jaws was the first movie in an era where blockbusters became so prevalent and serialized that it redefined the term into a genre. The summer blockbuster became a thing. The films became so uh, more slickly packaged and codified. Repeat viewings for certain films uh, became a thing, not to mention home video sales and now streaming services. So uh, Tokyo Slim doesn't think that Jaws was the first, but more like the first modern blockbuster. Yeah, um, I'd so agree this, with that. So this is, this is stemming from the idea, there are a lot of people, I kind of skipped ahead, I guess, uh, a lot of people will tell you that Jaws is the first blockbuster because it was the first movie that people were literally lined up around the block. Yeah. Uh, and that it, yeah. And I think the Tokyo Slim is right. It's the first modern blockbuster. Like uh, another person, uh, Waco, uh, Wacko three o three, says like uh, mentions Fritz Lang's Metropolis or early Buster Keaton films. Like there were definitely films. Uh, Back in the day, that that were these uproarious things, but it, like the landscape of cinema was so different back then, and we'll get into that. Like the '40s and '50s really changed a lot of stuff with how cinema had to handle itself. We'll get into that later. But 
Jaws is credited as being the first blockbuster. Yeah. Um, by a lot of people, and uh, well, I think that's true in a, in a in a sense of a modern standpoint. It's definitely not true, like factually. Yeah, it's more like the era we're in right now is still the era that started by Jaws, yeah. like that blockbuster era. Unless you can maybe go more specific and like maybe we're in a more franchise sure thing now and that maybe it's like a like ip thing where it's just like yeah properties not original stuff mm-hmm. yeah i uh, yeah i mean that that kind of the serialization of film i mean marvel again is like the granddaddy of this where it's like basically it's a tv season and yeah. each avengers movie is the season finale it's what like, everyone's trying to copy now too with the shared universe stuff but yeah. they're trying to copy it by starting ahead and not putting in the work to build a foundation right yeah because, yeah, I mean, thinking back to, what is it, 18 years ago when Marvel started all this with Iron Man? It's not 18 years ago. That was I 2009, f- 2008. Yeah, it's yeah. also been 10 years. Okay. Uh, I saw some some quote about 18 years of this. Maybe it's like when Tom films. Cruise was being rumored to be Iron Man. 18 films, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was 18 films, I guess. But, like, Iron Man, yeah, pretty, like, a big-budget blockbuster, but comparatively feels so quaint now. Oh, yeah. No one, <laughs> no one expected it to be that big. Yeah. And we even talk about that character back then. And the the it wasn't trying to set up a universe. Like, it kind of did at the very end with Samuel L. Jackson, but, like, that was more, you could t- treat that as, like, a joke. Right. And if you watch the behind-the-scenes stuff on that movie, Favreau even, like, he is not happy in the editing of that movie. He thinks it's going to be bad. Really? Or he's just, he's really depressed. He's like, he's, it's, there's a shot of him editing like the fight at the end with Jeff Bridges. And mm-hmm. he's just like, this is fucking stupid. Is that what he said? Yeah. Because <laughs> you hear Jeff Bridges like talk about, say some line there and like Jeff Bridges talking like, a row, 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 row. And then Favreau mimics the voice like, this is fucking stupid. <laughs> and you read interviews with Bridges and the other actors and like they said it was more like an independent movie it felt like because the yeah, script no, wasn't done right no bridges said like he didn't get what they were doing until he's like oh it's like a student film okay i can do that <laughs> the uh the pacing of that movie is pretty slow too like watching it now it's just like wow well they were writing it like every day like they're all improvising basically wow i don't think it's that slow i don't know, but, like, I think the like first we're, half we're also people who slow. like we don't think Blade Runner 2049 is slow. Well, neither do I. Yeah. Because Blade Runner 2049 is interesting. Yeah. Well, it's like Iron Man is a different movie where it's, they, it's not like they're clear, like, they've made the movies now. so like they're designed to be paced faster. Right. Like that movie just, they're still figuring out what they want to do. Like it's, there still had been like a breakthrough comic book movie of that style. I would, I would almost, I would agree with that up until Black Panther. Because I think Black Panther was actually very deliberately paced. It was slower paced than they had more control Marvel. than the other directors. Yeah, is what it sounds like. Yeah, I I think that um, the the main critique I hear against Black Panther is that it's boring to a lot of people. Um, I didn't feel bored. Yeah. I I liked that it was taking its time and setting up its world. Yeah. Um, here's the other thing. Like for me, Black Panther is a great Marvel movie, and it's a good movie. Like decent movie, like if you're comparing it against Marvel movies, it's like one of the best, if not like first or second best, in my opinion. If yeah. you're comparing it to like all of cinema, it's like a four. I don't know. Then that's like that's like a weird thing to say. Like talk about Independence Day or like 
movies like you love that may not necessarily be regarded as like high cinema. Sure, yeah. And it's like Black Panther may not be. It's not like a good movie. No, I don't agree with that. Like, I enjoy the movie a lot. I think it's really good, and it is one of the best Marvel movies. But it's like, it's not trying to be a certain kind of thing, right? And so I'm not. This is a weird discussion. I don't. Know I mean, I guess. It. Well, it's it's that's that's kind of what I was saying is like, I was kind of like. As a blockbuster, it's it's really up there, right, I think. Right, right. Because it's trying to do more than the usual blockbuster. I wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't mean to frame that even as my own opinion. I was like, that was kind of like coming back at people who were like, oh, this movie's boring and it's really simplistic and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, it's a superhero movie. Like, what do you want? <sighs> it's like, I don't, I don't agree with those people. Neither do I. Yeah. Uh, I think, I, I mean, I think that it definitely isn't as like nuanced and like, that is some other movies, but it, yeah, it's not trying to be. Yeah. I definitely think that it's the most nuanced of the Marvel movies. Like, I think I really liked Killmonger and I loved that they had the guts to make a movie with a villain so relatable. And I think it's their best villain probably because the whole movie you're like, yeah, yeah, you're right. This guy's right. Yeah. Uh, his methods are wrong, but he's right. Like they should absolutely be helping people. Like, yeah. Yeah. And even the heroes of the movie are like... That's the one misstep, I think, from in Black Panther, in my mind, is that... Spoilers for Black Panther. Uh, I wished that um, T'Chaka had said at the end... I wish that he had said to um, Killmonger, Hey, you were right. Like, you were doing this wrong, but you I You don't agree. need to, because like, ba- his actions He says it, kind of, yeah. When, yeah, when he's like, I could save you. Oh, but, man. When he no, says that, that line... Just the action's like, okay, we're going to open up at the end of it. Yeah. So oh, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, he, he says it, but not it. to Killmonger is what I mean. Like, I, I wanted, I wanted Killmonger to have that satisfaction before dying of T'Chaka being like, "You made a difference. You, you succeeded in a way. Yeah. Even though you were wrong in your actions. Yeah. I don't know. I just empathized with. Yeah. With him. Oh, that was a good movie. I like that movie. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Brandon Patton brings up merchandising. Vis a vis Star Wars in seventy yeah. seven. I think that's a very good point. And uh he also uh brought up that in The Last Jedi they changed the design of Kylo Ren's TIE Fighter to more closely resemble the toy that the company had made that they had because they they were kind of like their paths diverged. Yeah. And then the toy company was like, Oh crap, the missiles are over here and so then the movie changed instead of the toy company changing. That's not what I saw. Cause I Ryan Johnson said that he saw the toy and, and liked was like, it that looked cooler than what we have in the movie. Sure. So we'll do that. Okay. Okay. So th- maybe, I like that. Maybe that's lying, eh. but whatever. I don't know. I like Ryan Johnson a lot. Yeah. I really like his bizarre career trajectory. Yeah. I, Brick is very good. It was very inspiring to me back in film school. I like Brick a lot. Brothers Bloom is a very interesting movie because I didn't like it the first time I saw it, and then the second time I saw it, it became one of my like favorite movies. Yeah. I need to watch it again. I really liked it uh, on subsequent viewings. I need to watch it again. I've only seen it once. I thought Looper had a lot of really good ideas, but I, it lost me a little when it be- basically just becomes the omen. When it switches to like this, the farm only. Yeah, yeah. It's a weird switch. It's like it's it it like leaves all the really interesting stuff to do the like least interesting part of its plot. It reads good on paper. Yeah. I yeah. I need to figure out why it doesn't. It doesn't stick quite the landing. Hit. Yeah, I like that movie a lot. Yeah, it. Oh man, the 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 sequence where it just shows Bruce Willis's entire life 
on the like third go round or yeah. whatever. How the math? All the montages, montages of that movie are really so good. good. Ah. I remember I asked him on he did a QA on Twitter like after like the first trailer came out and I swan and it was a, they did like the shot in the trailer of of Levitt waiting for a guy to come on the tarp and it's like they just disappears there. I'm like, so is it gonna be like a special effect for like the teleportation? And he goes, Nope, I just want it to be they're just there and then they're not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Because that's, that's awesome. how it would yeah, work. That's so cool. The the part where that guy uh and I mean like you know Say what you will about time travel and how it would work and, like, would that guy's life have gone the same way if he didn't have legs or whatever. Yeah. But, like, when they're torturing that guy in real time and the future him keeps That's getting more idea. and more mutilated. Such a cool idea. Yeah. I definitely think eventually his life tra- trajectory would have changed so he would not be there in that moment. Like, he would have made different choices because he's so mangled. But, like, whatever. Yeah. It's still rad. Paul Daniel continues trying to get, beat the shit out of him movies. Yeah. <laughs> it's like his main, main skill set. Um, He's directing now. Paul Dano is? Yep. He had a movie at Sundance, I think. Apparently it was amazing. I'm like weirdly not surprised. He's such a like creepazoid, but I feel like he's pro- hopefully a nice dude. I know? think but he is. He like plays like he is. such an effective creepazoid. I yeah. remember when I saw him in uh, the movie about the kid in high Emil Hirsch is a kid in high school who dates a porn star. Oh, what was that movie called? The Girl, Girl Next, Next Door? Door? Yeah. Which I've heard is actually... I think it's I've actually seen pretty it. Good. I've heard... Well, I've like, watched people, it since we were kids. People actually being good. Like, say it's It's decent. a good Timothy Oliphant role. Oh, yeah. dude, I love me <laughs> some like Oliphant. a piece of shit boyfriend. I love me some Til- Timothy Oliphant, dude. He has a catchphrase, he says, isn't it? Oh, no. About the, if the, ju- the juice is worth the squeeze. Oh, no. Oh, he says that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Timothy, Timothy Oliphant, I think I've mentioned this several times in this podcast, but I, I just love his delivery in the crappy fourth Die Hard movie when McLean's daughter slaps his henchman and then the guy's like, ah! And then Timothy Oliphant just goes, you gonna be all right? <laughs> <laughs> He's great. Yeah, I mean, Deadwood was made for him as like... I need a, to finish Deadwood. A dude who's pure, pure anger. Yeah. Like, he's so perfect at doing that and just yeah. simmering yeah. with rage. Ugh. Deadwood, I, I really want to love and I watched like the first half of season one and then they canceled oh, it. It keeps getting better. Yeah, I, but then I've heard, I've kept hearing rumors that they're gonna like do a movie to tie it all up. They're it's, going to, yeah. It's one of those things where I don't want to start it if it's not gonna f- end. But the third season already kind of ends in a good oh, way. Does yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, you don't they need a, a movie. They have a great oh. villain. Okay, yeah, I, I need to jump into that. Uh, oh God! All right, so obviously this podcast has taken on a very, uh, you know, uh, serpentine yeah. kind of like just easy like last going, time. yeah. This is just how it is, okay? We're just talking about movies. We're just talking about movies, baby. Talk about movies. So what's wrong with blockbusters, though? Like, what's bad about them? It's like there's nothing... Are they intrinsically evil? No. Yeah, I agree. It's like a lot of things. There's nothing inherently wrong with them, just how they're made and how they're used. Yeah. Like, theoretically, like, blockbusters can be good because, for the most part, talented people, like really talented people get to work on these movies that have a lot of money behind them. And so yeah. you get to see what they do with a lot of money. Like you see Ryan Johnson work with this huge budget oh, yeah. and make crazy shit. Or like Darren Aronofsky getting like a $200 million budget to make Noah, which, <laughs> which we, I still never we like saw. a lot. We like that a lot. Really? It is insane that a studio put that out. I heard it's like, ugh. did you guys see Mother? Yeah. When I read, spoilers for Mother. <laughs> When I realized that Mother was literally just redoing the Bible, I checked out pretty hard. 
Yeah, it's a weirder movie than that, though, because like all stuff with, like about looking into it, about like reading into Darren Aronofsky's life, where it's like the woman at the beginning of the movie that's burned alive is Rachel Weiss. Like literally, it's Rachel Weiss playing her. Apparently, what? Okay, what's the significance of that? That Did was he... his previous wife. Oh, okay. Which she actually played the first. Okay, I, so that makes it a little more autobiographical. Okay, that's an interesting. And then Jennifer Lawrence is the main character who he was dating, he at, was the dating time, at the who time. Who is he's not dating anymore? Right. Yeah. Or she's not dating him anymore. And <laughs> I like this this read on this movie. I haven't watched the movie since I saw it in theaters, though, so I don't. I, 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 I was like, sure if it was Javier Bardem, Bardem plays an artist. Yeah. Jennifer Lawrence is just like the doting wife. Yeah. And Javier Bardem is like the the starving artist who like needs to make his art. Yeah. He, she needs to understand. Who's also God. Yeah. Who also like muddies the whole metaphor at the end by just redoing everything. Whatever. I, we like Noah though, but it's also because it's a a big budget movie that switches the audience's allegiance from the main character to like turns the hero to a villain. Oh, really? Well, not yeah. really. It's not that. Like he's he's always the hero, but in, in any other movie, the Noah would be the villain of the movie because he's basically a religious fanatic. Right. Okay. Who just wants to kill everyone. Or you. <laughs> He's okay with everyone dying. Right. Yeah. And Ray Winstone, who's the villain, wants to save everyone. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, I watched, I watched again, back to Black Panther, I watched a really cool uh, YouTube video, whatever about it, t- that spoke about how uh, it's all just a matter of, like, the means that you're using to an end and perspective, because Killmonger's arc is Batman's arc. He yeah. has his parents die. He trains his whole life to try to, like, do what he thinks is the right thing, this vigilante justice thing. Like, Killmonger could very easily be a superhero. And it's just because of that one little, like, change of perspective and, like, methodology that makes him the villain. And that's yeah. why he's so good. Yeah. Um, but I don't... There's not inherent, There's nothing inherently wrong with blockbusters, but there is a problem when studios are trying to engineer them from the get-go to be a blockbuster where they run the chance of, okay, so this is a four-quadrant film. We need, apply, right. we need a make this appeal to everybody as as many people as possible we should define four yeah, quadrants. i was gonna say explain four quadrant for people who don't know it's it means the four quadrants are like demographics for a movie yeah. you want to hit and so it's male and female under 25 male and female over 25 and that's it so basically everyone yeah <laughs> and but you run the chance of diluting the movie so that you're trying to appeal for everybody but then in the end it's going to appeal to no one or just not leave an impression to anybody lowest common denominator yeah, is another way. Uh, Wacko three hundred three used a word I really liked, uh, and that word was safe. Yeah, but there are plenty of good safe movies. It's yeah. like it's safe. It's less that they're safe movies; it's more that like they're just not. It's like you're not getting anything by going to the movie. Like you're you're there's no like. It's like eating junk. I don't know if junk was the right word to say. It's like you're you're not getting anything out of going to see the movie and empty, it's not leaving an impression on you. Yeah, that's a better way um, to say it. Uh, I'm not seeing the exact comments on whoever said this. Uh, someone else phrased it in a nice way that they said that it's fun and not challenging. Like you go, you can turn your brain off, enjoy it, and like not Independence be challenged Day. by it. Right. Like Independence Day is, I would say, a good blockbuster yeah. movie. Yeah. But it's uh, also like that movie is what the directors wanted to make. Right. And so it's not like they were forced to make a four quadrant movie it's like it was naturally going to be one mm-hmm. or whatever quadrants it was but when you do movies like like john carter something where it's forced to like, okay, like you're gonna independence set up, day two right yeah or like you're gonna set up a franchise 
you're gonna like try to do all these different things that do not come naturally to the story you're telling and stuff like that i think i think independence day 2 is a good example because i think that is where that is where blockbuster ism it's a fan, that's goes a fantastic way to study because it's in two different phases of what blockbusters mean right when they were made yeah because it's a sequel to a movie that wasn't set up to be a sequel, and then the sequel sets up another sequel. Yeah. But the the second movie is basically redoing the first movie again. Yeah. Which is just so bad. And I think that that sort of like forced franchise mentality and like it worked the first time. Let's just do it again. Like yeah. that kind it's of. It's been stuff. long enough. Right. Yeah. And Let's I reboot mean, Spider-Man again. Right. That gets into, yeah, the whole like reboots, remakes, sequels. Uh, that's where I think uh, blockbuster-ness kind of like gets into like murky, like crappy business It's like blockbuster's a bad name. Yeah. That's why people don't like them. Yeah. And it's all the studio's own doing because they're just, because production costs are so high that they need to get bigger and bigger returns to make yeah. it even. Even though Hollywood accounting makes it all so nebulous over what is profitable right because they don't want to they want to pay royalties to anybody mm, so i did not know that return of the jedi has never turned a profit according to who according to, according the, to, the, to the fox <laughs> return of the jedi has never turned a profit <laughs> according to wikipedia <laughs> also i got this quote from spielberg because i do think that People tend to look down on blockbuster cinema, like anything that's a blockbuster. Like, yeah. okay, that's not like legitimate. It's not it's art. Like, it, you can go enjoy it, but it's like, I'm not gonna like say like I like that kind of thing. Right, right. Which right. I always love when it's like a secret, but everyone's yeah. going. But I love yeah. when you like Paul Thomas Anderson comes out and says like, no, like I love that shit. Like he loved Man in Black Three. Yeah. Which one? Oh, Men in, Men in Black, Black 3? Three. Yeah. Or like Christopher Nolan loves Transformers movies. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's always like all of like the the auteur directors love yeah. like they're they are perfectly happy seeing popular cinema and so yeah because they don't have to hide and so they've like, made it shit. i thought this quote was <laughs> the rest of us have to pretend to be smart and interesting until we yeah. get there and like, then we can say proper pretension we like they're all good movies brent <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's stuff like there's stuff that you can appreciate in everything oh yeah. i full-on agree with yeah. that like yeah. you can find good in just about everything except for the happening uh no there's good stuff that happening, good stuff in happening. Chapter 27. There's one shot I love of the happening. When she puts her head through the wall? No, it's when the bodies are falling from the construction site. That was a good shot. That's a great shot. And, and when Walmart's they're walking backwards on that street in France or wherever, that was pretty cool. And yeah. we're talking to the tree, the fake plant. <laughs> All right, Say fine. All right. Because I thought it was interesting because Spielberg is the guy who like invented the modern blockbuster. And then yeah. there was these quotes that came out a few months ago about his opinion on superhero movies. Okay. And he said, I think the obsession with four quadrant as superhero movies puts legitimate cinema in jeopardy, which I was like, come on, man. Uh Oh, Uh Oh, okay. Superhero movies are not legitimate. And like, whatever, as he's in pre-production for ready player one. Yeah. 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 All the rich people would disagree. Also as the guy who made jaws. Yeah. And made Jurassic park and all these other, he feels guilty or something for just changing history. It worries me that the audiences will only go to the movie when they trust the brand. And I worry that some of our small, great movies will only be made for the small screen, which that I can understand. But it's like, dude, you're making Indiana Jones five. Yeah. Yeah. Like Indiana Jones four was a nightmare. Just don't, don't like diminish the other one movies. Right. That, like you're basically doing the same thing. I mean, that's, that's the, that's the thing too, that, uh, yeah, there's this weird human thing where 
they see like false corollaries and don't understand like mutual exclusivity where it's like if this thing is good that means this thing can't be good yeah it's like they can both be different kinds of good yeah things can be different goodnesses i also think his frustration is misplaced because it should be more about the studios because i understand him being angry because lincoln needed two studios to finance it like universal and might have been Sony financed it because he couldn't get funding for it. It wouldn't right. have gotten made. Right. He's had so many funding problems to get movies made, and that should not, be, that shouldn't be a problem. Yeah. Like Lincoln is guaranteed money to like be shown in schools. Right. <laughs> and it made a huge profit. And you would think that Spielberg could just like walk in anywhere and be like, "What yeah. about this?" And they're like, "Here's a thousand million dollars." He created a film studio, which later like fell apart. But yeah. Amblin. No, and DreamWorks. Oh, what? Yeah, he created DreamWorks. He created DreamWorks. Yeah, him and Jeffrey Katzenberger and the other guy that, that. that no one talks I didn't about. know he created DreamWorks. Yeah, yeah. Amblin's still around though. Yeah, yeah. he went. He's, it's now gone back to Amblin because DreamWorks uh, is like a is like a more like a distribution cut, like shell. Sure. Yeah. 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 Weird. Um, here's a here's a little factoid, and I want to discuss this kind of kind of like a counterpoint to what we were just talking about. Uh, Stephen Beaumont brought up these statistics. Uh, he was looking at Box Office Mojo, and the highest rated movie, Dark Knight, which has a 9.0 average rating, critically, I think, was 32nd best all-time box office with $1.004 billion. And the lowest rated movie, Transformers Age of Extinction, with a 5.7 rating, was 19th all-time with $1.104 billion. The average score of the, the top movies was a 7.47 of the top grossing movies of all time the point i think that he was making is that why is it that a better movie makes less money and that seems to be the case well a lot like of the time dark knight is more of an adult movie yeah as in like the way it was sold and everything you know it's batman so kids love batman right and i think transformers is a thing where they were people are still going after they like the previous movies because the latest one didn't do well didn't at do all. As well, yeah. And so it's finally like going down. And that to me seems like a good, a good indicator that that humanity is finally like starting to be like uh, voting with their wallet a little more. Where it's like these have to be at least pretty decent for me to keep going. <laughs> you know. You would think that, but it's been proven wrong so many times. That's true. And I think it's like marketing has a huge amount to do with it, even though Dark Knight had a huge marketing campaign. Yeah. Age of Extinction, which is the fourth one, I think. I only saw the the first first Mark Wahlberg one, I think. Okay. It's like, it has, I don't know. It's marketing. It's what movies come out at the same time and what kind of summer it is. Yeah. And Age of Extinction was like probably one of the first, that was like when the start of the huge, we're going to sell these movies in China now. Oh, yeah. That was a big thing. Oh, yeah, because yeah. that was in big time, yeah. set in China partially. Um, That's probably a big reason. Speaking speaking of that, uh, we had a really interesting comment that made me remember kind of the whole other half of this equation is, yeah, international sales. Uh, Neil Dutta, uh, or Dutta um, says, uh, I feel like most of my theater watching experience has revolved only around blockbusters. Since I'm from India, we usually don't get low-budget indie films. Uh, and that's a big point about all of this, I yeah. think, is that these blockbuster films, yeah, they generally are the ones that are cultural export, like that go to other 
countries and make a lot of money over there and that is at, a consideration so if you're looking at all the movies that are getting released it's like blockbusters have the greatest chance of turning a profit yeah and so like yeah i can understand that makes sense and like that that makes it interesting on another level to me because four quadrant then either is a global term or like the fifth quadrant is international audiences and like you hear about movies making concession not concessions uh in perhaps an artistic way but changing things to appeal to appeal global. to a global audience yeah or they're adding like asian it's more just china now it's all mostly china, china like yeah iron man 3 had an asian actress who's like huge or yeah actor who was like only in one scene yeah. that shane black didn't direct like they just asked him hey I heard so what did you do about yeah. the scene he's like i didn't direct that thing i don't know anything about it they just added the entire like section of the movie just for china yeah age ultron had a scene was in Korea or someplace. Black Panther had Korea. Yeah. Um, the Karate Kid, the remake, said entirely in China, which it's and amazing. It was partially financed by that. Partially bu- financed by China. And it's about this family from Detroit leaving America to go to China for a better life. Whoa. Which, like, that's that is rad. fascinating. That's awesome. <laughs> it's not a bad movie. Like, it's pretty good. Yeah. It's really long. It's two and a half hours. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> but it's like, it's worth seeing, especially. Was Karate Kid 3, is it? No, it's the Karate it, Kid remake. Oh, the, that with, reboot, with the Jackie Chan one. Yeah, okay. You know he doesn't do karate; he does kung fu. Naturally, um, this is something I wanted to talk about. There is, uh, I, I, you hear a lot of rumblings about blockbusters of today being worse somehow than the blockbusters of yesteryear. Like our yeah. our movies now, like Transformers Nine or whatever. Not as good as Jaws. Not as good as Star Wars. Like, are we looking back on the past with rose-colored glasses here? Or no. Yes. Are I, movies worse we, now? No, they're not. They're not worse. I can tell you why. So, or I'll give you an example because I was looking this up and because I was thinking today, Jaws had a pretty low budget. It was nine million. Okay, what's that adjusted for inflation? Forty-two million. I was like, sure. okay, that's pretty big up there. And I was looking at because I was trying to figure out. Because you asked, what's your favorite blockbuster? Yeah. I was going to say, all-time Jurassic Park. But for this year, Paddington 2. Paddington 2. I still need to see Paddington 2. Paddington 2 is cheaper than Jaws. Yeah. The budget for Paddington 2. I would hope so. Jaws also went over budget and over schedule. By a lot, yeah. Jaws, $41 million budget. Adjusted. Uh, Paddington 2, $40 million budget. Which is insane. Yeah. For, yeah. Paddington 2 is a cheaper movie than Jaws. That's a lot of money, I feel like, for Paddington, too, though. Yeah, but also, like, Jaws was supposed to be a $3 million budget and it went to $9 million. Yeah. Which Whoa. that's... <laughs> it's like triple. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, there's everyone's always going on about, like, movies... They, they're so bad today. They used to be way much way better. It's like... It's like everything's franchised so much today. Well, like, do you... Does anyone remember that there's a Casablanca 2? Yeah. Like, I mean... People forget the bad movies from before. Right. I well, mean that's that's what I yeah that's what I think happens like the same the same reason everyone's like oh music in the 80s was so good I'm like it was the same goodness it's just we have radio stations that only play the good ones from the 80s or even like okay Jaws first blockbuster how many Jaws movies did they make at least three yeah <laughs> that I'm aware and of and the 3D one yeah three which is one? 3D it is it yeah I think the third one. which one's the one where he bites the uh <sighs> I'm trying to think of the end. I don't know. We haven't seen any other ones. Oh, okay. One of them, one of them, he bites a big electrical cable, and that's another one, who I think they like shoot a canister in his mouth, and he. Blows that's the first him. one. Yeah, that's the first one. Okay, so the second one I think is the electrical cable and the wire. 
I think the last one is when he had, the shark has a psychic link with Brody's wife. Dude. <laughs> now that movies, could be good. Them's movies right there. Uh, isn't it Deep Blue Sea or something where like one of the sharks? That's LL Cool J and Samuel Jackson. Yeah. Thomas Jane. Doesn't the shark have something like extra normal? They're smarter than it normal. It can swim right. backwards. No, I remember that. No, because they're smarter than normal because they have bigger brains. Okay. Yeah, right. and it can swim backwards, which yeah. is impossible. <laughs> That's true. They wouldn't be able to breathe. Uh, remember which Resident Evil has that shark come through the wall? That was so cool. Not <laughs> one I've seen. Uh, oh, no. The, the game. Oh. Uh, those movies. <sighs> I think maybe blockbusters stay. Maybe a lot of them are more similar to each other sure. just because of the nature of franchises and like just because you're seeing so many Marvel movies now it's like these all feel the same well it's also because it's more just more blockbusters being made right now where it's like it's less independent films or there's no middle budget right. movies anymore it's like all the stuff we're seeing that people are complaining about are all just similar types of movies we're all trying to appeal to so many people so they're just getting bored faster I think yeah that's why I love stuff like Get Out where yeah. it's that like small to medium budget I At least by a big might studio, have been like five million or something. Like that's what I don't Blumhouse, think Blumhouse goes above yeah, fifteen million. Like, yeah, okay, yeah. fifteen. I was like, I know that Blumhouse has like a cap. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I love that. And that movie made insane amounts of money, and did very well. Yeah. And like, got into like blockbuster numbers, maybe. Um, yeah. Maybe, you know. No, uh, like it made way more than its budget. Like right. That's like, really good. Insanely more. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's my favorite kind of movie too generally like yeah. i find um someone in the comments brought up uh uh donnie ciarlo ciarlo uh brought up the studio a24 and how it's sort of like it's like the balm to if if, if blockbusters are a problem you know it's like the balm to that it they're just releasing like everything good Great. yeah it's like yeah. Them yeah. Room, the lobster yeah it's like them and annapurna is just like going nuts yeah and I, lo- I was, like, looking at A24's, A24's, like, recent releases, and I was like, my God. It's, yeah. like, all the They've got very ones. good betting average. <laughs> it's, like, crazy. It's, like, all studios used to have those smaller labels, like, yeah. Warner Independent. And Fox, all those. Light, yeah. yeah, but then they started just closing down. Yeah. Um, it was merging now. Uh, Caesar Villa um, brought up, uh, he says, I-, I can almost pinpoint the year where, where modern blockbusters, like, uh, kind of peaked or changed. I like this. Yeah, it's very good. Uh, I believe he says I believe it was the summer of '96. The Rock, Independence Day, Twister, Mission Impossible, and Dragonheart <laughs> hit theaters that summer. Uh, well, time has not been kind to them, which I don't disagree. Know if I, agree. I disagree. Uh, I have to confess, I enjoyed the heck out of them when they came out. I would say that. That Independence Day and Mission Impossible still hold up as great films. Yeah. The Rock is a little slower than you probably remember it, but it still has moments. People love The Rock. I need to watch it again. Twister. Like, I tried rewatching it, and I was kind of just like, eh, this is not yeah. as good as I remember. Uh, but like, that's a good fun time movie. Yeah. Twister, One, I had a blast. We yeah, love Twister. Twister. We love Twister. Twister. Oh, man. And Dragonheart, I mean, come on, whatever. I need to see that. Dragonheart is hilarious. I've seen it once when I was a kid. I saw it when I was a kid a couple of times. I used to rent it. but uh, If anything, all those movies... Like are still solid except for maybe Dragonheart. Yeah, and Dragonheart's probably gone into like so so weird. It's fun. Yeah, like because like Dragonheart is movie. a bizarre ass movie. Yeah, Twister though, damn. But that like that's a good diverse. That is a crazy summer. summer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh man, I remember that summer, like those movies. Oh god, what a time to be alive. I was gonna say there's another <laughs> switch where 
I want to give a shout out to a podcast called Blank Check, which I listen to a lot and I love. Mm-hmm. But they were going through Paul Verhoeven's filmography. Oh, wow. Okay. And they're on Hollow Man right now. <laughs> and they're talking about how Hollow Man is the end of a this phase of movies of like adult-minded blockbusters or like adult-minded like like a, I guess, R-rated movies where it's like people stop going to those movies and then that's when comic book movies started again because that's the, yeah. the same month that X-Men came out, the first sure. movie. The same month, even. Wow. Hollow Man. God. <laughs> what a bizarre train wreck that movie is. I need it. I want to watch it again. I, I remember seeing it. I think we I rented it. I didn't, because I was too young maybe to see it in theaters. I don't oh, yeah. Know. But uh, we rented it, and I was just like, man. I remember the trailers <laughs> for it, and we watched it on like, HBO, and it was like, it's so weird. It's like, and it's like, I remember it like kind of goes there as far as like male fantasy. Kinda. Oh yeah, yeah and I'm what like, would happen if you were invisible? You'd be a perv. Yeah, a really sick. You would perv. be a really bad guy. Like that's a movie that changes the hero to be a villain, right? He's always a dick. He's though. kind of always a dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right. You're right. I don't oh. remember who like the hero of that movie it's Kevin, is. Oh, there's some like woman who like Elizabeth Shue. Yeah, oh, it's Elizabeth Shue. Yeah. Wow. And Josh Brolin is her boyfriend. Whoa. Weird. But they also brought up a thing in another podcast I was thinking about earlier where think about like blockbuster sort of blank checks the director were given where like Aronofsky made Wrecking for a Dream and then got a bunch of money to make whatever movie he wanted. He makes The Fountain and which I, I quite like which yeah. is like not a four quadrant movie at all. No. It's very specific and he like lost a lot of goodwill for that movie and like had to go back to like make a low budget movie like The Wrestler yeah. and then earn it back again to make Black Swan. Christopher Nolan's like the inverse of Aronofsky where he makes the bad movies, gets a ton of goodwill. His blank movie is to make a crazy original movie called Inception that he maybe designed it purposely to like be really um, accessible to people and then just makes more and more yeah. successful movies after that. Uh, you left out The Prestige, which I still think is his best movie. Yeah, that's true. It, it, the Prestige is his The Conversation. Like, well, Inception was a bigger success. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh I think Prestige, though, is like peak Nolan, where it's like his storytelling style, his brand of obfuscation, and also being entertaining and rewatchable. And yeah. fooling around with structure. Right. And I think I think that Nolan's big problem is his movies aren't always very rewatchable. I think that on the first viewing, it's very thrilling because you're learning, and yeah. he takes so much time to teach you all the rules. But then on subsequent viewings, oh man, do they just grind. Like Inception, like the first, you could just like skip the first hour if you've seen the movie before, because you it's like pretty much nothing. I like know? seeing him besides set up stuff. The, the beginning yeah. part, but like yeah, I don't know. Dunkirk is a nice pacing issue, simplifying of his. I never saw uh, Dunkirk because I heard so many bad things. Oh, I, I just I love Dunkirk. I don't care about it's, it's such a great. Half. It's such like a great like movie to watch for people who don't like like for the reasons people don't like his movies usually where there's basically no dialogue, no character work. It's all just tension boxes that he constructs. Mm. I heard it was confusing and poorly edited. No. Like, huh. okay. It's maybe confusing at first because you don't know what he's going for. Then when you get what he's going for, and it's like, oh, that's really cool. Huh. And yeah, it makes sense what, he, what he's doing. Yeah. Maybe someday I'll have to see it. I don't know. Yeah, you should. See it in the theater. But when it co- it'll come back out in the theaters here eventually. Like, yeah. it's worth seeing it in the theater because it sounds amazing. Um, all right. I promised up, up top that we would talk about the 50s and how theaters in the 50s started doing like gimmicks 
yeah. to try to get people into theaters because TV just came out and everyone was like, oh my God, TV is so great. I can do this in my house. What's yeah. happening? Uh, so, you know, like uh, cinema, Cinerama, Cinemascope, like widescreen, 3D glasses, all kinds of stuff. They've been doing for a while, but like they really went all in on it. Um, kind of what I want to talk about is like, do you think that that kind of stuff is still happening now? Like are gimmicks to get people to go to a theater still the thing? It's like in a different way because because there's so much more. It's not just TV now. It's like so many different things that can distract people like video games and mm-hmm. uh, phones and different kinds of entertainment. Theaters are now doing stuff like, hey, there's couches in the cinema now. Yeah. Or like, we can deliver food to you or you can drink now yeah. and all different stuff. So I think that is similar. And it's just different. Cinemas and movies have to find ways now to get people to actually come to movies now because – you keep seeing the studios or some companies going like, okay, we're going to release, you can buy movies that are in theaters, watch them at your house now. Yeah. And it'll just keep failing because movie studios keep like pushing against it, but it's going to happen eventually probably. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I think it's kind of why blockbusters are rising a lot just because blockbusters are experiences usually. And they that's something you can get in a theater more than going, staying at home or doing something else. Yeah. So that's like a, a kind of a gimmick, but more than that, I think. I wonder... While you were saying that, I was thinking like, the if a, if a movie theater could could guarantee a movie theater going experience, but that no one would ruin it for me with like talking, looking at their phone, crinkling yeah. their M and M's. How often would does that happen gimmick. for you? I I am like, I'm pretty aware of my surroundings all the time, often to a detriment. So if anybody's being anything in a theater, I know I know about it. Yeah. So it like it takes me out sometimes, you know. I've never seen someone ejected for talking or doing stuff right. in a movie. No, we also like it. go in the morning. Right. That's so I've started doing that too. Like yeah. I'll go, yeah, early in a day on a weekday if I can. You yeah. know, like anything to keep other people out. And I'm just wondering if maybe there would be a, a business model of private theaters where it's the like, screen is like 30 feet or 10 feet or 20 feet or whatever and there's only like four chairs no you want big <laughs> i want a big like the closest to what you want is kind of like the alamo draft house where like they're so sure. strict about talking yeah. and all that but i remember like, when i was a kid we went to the uptown theater in minneapolis to see the cowboy bebop movie yeah and i i said i was talking to my friend during the previews and someone shushed me and instead of getting mad i was like oh yes this is glorious. Like, yeah. if people are shushing me in the previews, this is great. Like, no one's going to talk. Oh, man, I was so excited. There's also movies you want to see with a crowd. Like, yeah. Black Panther, I would love to see with a crowd just because. Dude, when I saw experience. Black Panther, it was great. Yeah. People were like, there were like five or six, like, like clapping breaks during the movie. Yeah. The dude next to us, it was crazy. He was so into it. Like, 50-something white guy. Just like loving every second of everything that was happening, like, like people would be fighting, and he would just be like, "Yeah, yeah!" <laughs> like, mm. <laughs> he was very, he was very excited. And even like movies that don't necessarily would be good, I, I wouldn't want to see with a crowd. I don't want anyone talking for the first time. But like after that, like then I'd be happy to see with a crowd. Like when we watched Batman Forever, Batman and Robin at your place, and like oh, everyone's yeah. talking, oh, yeah. so like, Batman, yeah. all this different Kiss. stuff. Um, like that stuff's great. Like yeah. interacting that way. Like we yeah. went and saw the, the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy <laughs> at the Egyptian one time. and In one sitting? Yeah. Oof. I and, fell asleep during the last movie. Yeah, because it's bad. But still it was like, it was because we had seen it a bunch of times already and it's like, 
okay, everyone's relaxed. It's like saying shit, like talking sure. to the movie. Like that's fun. Yeah. Like that. Yes. I, I agree with you that that kind of movie going experience is very fun. Yeah. When in, in, a, in, a, in the right setting. Yeah. Um, but like if you're 50s. seeing Thelma or something, like you don't want people talking. No, it's not the first time. Did you see that movie? No. Thelma. I liked it. It's about, uh, it's a, what, what did they bill it as? It's a, like a, uh, erotic, not really erotic. It's like a, a lesbian thriller, psychological horror thriller. Yeah, I've heard good things about it. It's pretty good. Uh, I saw it with, with, uh, a friend of mine who has epilepsy and, uh, there was no warning when we bought the tickets. I didn't know it was about Ugh. that. And so at the beginning of the movie, it's like, Hey, if you have an ep- if uh, they did an epilepsy warning at the beginning yeah, of the movie, yeah. you know, we were already in the theater, you know, um, uh, minor spoiler for Thelma, uh, but not really. Uh, they're trying to find out if she has epilepsy at a certain point, and I guess part of that process is just showing is to induce a seizure, an epileptic yeah. seizure with flashing lights. So my friend had to like leave. Jeez, she got her money back, but like, yeah, I'm like, maybe put an advisory on the ticket yeah. sales page about the. It's a good movie though. Wait, is uh, it, do you have an answer about the fifties movies? In? Yeah, fix it for us. Well, I was just, I was thinking about how that they're trying. Well, they try new stuff because like 3D is like their modern version. I'm trying to use like yeah, um, which has been around forever, but but yeah. it's like kind of been ruined now because of people jumping. It's like all things where Jaws is a great blockbuster. And everyone's like, wait, blockbusters are doing well. We gotta make blockbusters now. Then they right. kind of just dilute it and make it worse. So like and they're right. not like trying to. They're not using 3D for what they're not using it as like it's a not, medium yeah. to yeah, tell so, like, something. Yeah, like Avatar comes out. And it's, it's like 3D. That's a good 3D movie, and then. Clash of the Titans 3D comes out. Right. All these other awful 3D movies come out. And people are like, 3D sucks. Yeah. I hate 3D. Uh, I'm glad but, that that's kind of cooled off now. Yeah. I feel like with like Black Panther success, studios are going to think of a, think of this as, as a gimmick, which they shouldn't. But like they're going to think diversity in movies oh, is a gimmick. Yeah, That's it's the like, thing I'm afraid of is that it's going to... Well, and especially like I think about like Lady Bird and Get Out and and Black Panther, like because we're because we're in a place now where we're getting a small, a still too small percentage of successful popular movies starring women and people of color in prominent, powerful roles. Still far less than I think we should just to get up to a baseline of equality yeah, in yeah. in representation. Uh, I yes, I worry that it's going to. Instead of just instead of the the people making movies taking the right lesson away from that and saying, "Hey, we should just make an equal mix of movies for all kinds of people yeah. for everyone," they're gonna yeah lean into it in an, an almost an, an exploitative kind of way and and like dilute it and make it yeah. Or there's things like it's a genre like African movies are just a genre, right? Or it's like Chinese sure movies are a genre. It's like oh, African movie doesn't sell well. That means African movies it's like a western are bad forever. Western yeah. movies don't sell because one movie did badly, right? It's also it'll be interesting to see how Wrinkle in Time does. I hope it does well. I yeah. liked those books when I was a kid. Ah, uh, I don't if know. It, if it doesn't do well, then it's like. <laughs> Okay, studios are going to take that as some indication of right. something. It's well, like, they're going to stop making Wrinkle in Time series. Okay, you can only do diverse movies with their superhero movies. Right, right. Yeah, because Wrinkle in Time is really cool about that stuff, right? It's still just like, okay, well, we'll make the... We'll have like an African uh, African crew if it's an African movie. It's like, no, real progress is going to be made like hire the African director to dig Captain America. Right. Which they partially did with Thor. 
Taika is like yeah. a Maori director, is a Maori person, so that was cool. They don't they, like it was never a thing. Yeah, but it's that I, I'm actually yeah that that's a good thing about that that it never really they didn't like pat themselves on the back yeah. for that. It's like hey, this guy's not white. Check us out. You and know, they originally like, were gonna do Patty Jenkins for Thor too, but then Crave differences happened. Oh really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Good for her. Get more women to direct male movies. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, the, I mean, that with the recent news about uh, Joss Whedon dropping out of Batgirl, you know? Insane. Which, his comment. His comment of, like, I didn't have a story, right? For a year. Yeah. It's just like, all right. I mean, to me, that read like he was covering his ass. Yeah, sure. When they actually, like, asked him to leave or something. Because it's like, it's a bad idea to have Joss Whedon do that movie, especially after, like, weird, you know, like, stories have come weird out stuff, about him. And also just, like, he was he hired before that. Anyway. He was hired before that. But yeah, he yeah. shouldn't be making that movie. Like, no. I don't want his perspective on that. Like, whatever. Not anymore. Yeah, well, certainly <laughs> not anymore. But even then, I didn't. Uh, his stuff's always been kind of like... Like, a lot of, a lot of like moments of his I like, but then a lot of it's just like too cheesy. Yeah. I also me. just think he's a good writer. As a director, he's not interesting to me. Like, he's right. not a visually interesting director. Yeah, oh, no. For the stuff I've seen, at it's least. It's all just TV, basically. Like, yeah. kind of early 90s tv um anyways yeah i'm i'm really excited i like what i'm really excited about is uh like i think ladybird is basically a perfect movie like i can't think of any i don't have any problems with ladybird at all i love ladybird yeah have you guys seen ladybird not yet oh i, I highly recommend Lady i love Bird. Bird. the greg yeah. gerwick and a shersey ronan train oh i want them to succeed Sersha. Sersha. uh i guess um yeah no they're all Freaking great. I haven't seen... What was Greta Gerwig's... Francis Ha. Yeah, I didn't see Francis Ha. Amazing. I've heard it's really good. It's a movie I would have hated if I read the script. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't see it because it looked really sad. <laughs> it's not really. Oh, okay. Sweet. It's funny. Um, but yeah, what my hope is, is that we get to see now... I mean, using them as specific examples, we get to see like Greta Gerwig or Jordan Peele or... Um, Jordan Peele's doing Twilight Zone, baby. A Twilight Zone movie? You know he's doing a reboot. A show? Yeah. Oh, all right. right. It's not a movie, right? This is what I'm talking about. I think, so, but it's like there's all there's like three different ones shows like this that are being made right now because yeah, Electric Dreams. A- Apple was going to be making Mirror. a remake of Spielberg's Amazing Stories. Um, Ken Levine's doing a Twilight Zone thing. Yeah. Which I'm assuming is canceled. The Bioshock guy. Yeah. Yeah. A game? It was like an interactive. It's like it's, that war games thing. It's like uh, for yeah, the war game stuff that Sam, the her story guy, Sam Barlow's. Yeah, in. yeah. VR or no? no? No, it's like the it's like her story where it's like you choose. Okay, yeah, yeah. Interactive, yeah, narrative, yeah. narrative movies. I like those as, as in theory. I like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, I hope Labor is not just a, a, continuing the trend of like, all right, Stu's just let these independent movies struggle to get financed and get sold and then just pick them up if they choose to. Right. Because you heard that like this year's Sundance is like the highest number of like movies that did well at Sundance have not gotten picked up yet. Really? Which is not what has happened. Like it's the first time this has happened in a long time. Also all the studio people who went there to go like buy movies were like just complaining like what's with all of the diversity? Really? Basically. (laughs) Sorry guys. Yeah. That's just that's just Starting to be representative of the world we actually live in. <sighs> People are afraid of that, I guess. Uh, anyway. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, I don't know. I think I really like some of the... 
some of the like sensationalist stuff that that happened in cinema uh, in the fifties, I actually kind of quite liked, and um, I think that when people take chances now, it, it the things that surprise us. What I really like are things like Get Out, where it's not over like where the script and the performances and just kind of the surprise of it are the the draw, and um. I mean, I guess it's just like quality is what I'm really boiling yeah, this down to. Like, it's a like, good movie. It's a good movie. Uh, it's also just other voices now getting their chance, like yeah. to just well, and, get movies out. And we we live in a world where now quality is the is the the gimmick, the like startling surprise. After living with so much shit, <laughs> like is that the case? Is that the reality we live in though? Or it's like. Wait, what's the rally? Like where quality is the startling gimmick, and like no, the I don't think so because there, there are plenty of like great independent movies that just never get picked up or just yeah. ups, ups, languish in obscurity. Yeah. yeah, where it's like the movies I picked up. There's no, there's no reasoning to anything. Still, still all random. Yeah, yeah. It, it that's the thing. Yeah, it's just it's all chaos. It's still like the movie business continues to be insane and frustrating, and nobody knows anything. Nobody knows. Well, because. They're still laboring under this, this thought process that they can crack some formula. I think that they can make the perfect blockbuster movie with the least. Like they're always. His name is Monster Trucks. Yeah, they're trying to make they're trying to make that formula where it's like least amount of money, most appeal, repeat. Like they want that's the that's the, the 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 golden fleece of the film industry, and they just keep thinking like if they replicate past successes. Plus a little bit of whatever the hot button issue is right now, they're like, gonna make all the money. It's like Justice League, right? Where it's like, okay, we're gonna do our own Avengers, we're gonna do it really quickly, right? After the two Superman movies, we're gonna skip to movie eight or whatever. Yeah, yeah and then oh wait, problems with the director. Who do we get? Okay, we get the guy who directed Avengers <laughs> to take over, and we're gonna make it funny now, even though the previous movies were not that funny, and it's just like following the. What came before instead of doing your own thing or trusting what you yeah. were doing before. Did you see that article about that comic book writer whose name I don't remember right now uh, talking about why DC movies don't work and Marvel movies kind of do? No. Uh, what it boiled down to is he was saying, and he's like written these characters in yeah. comics and whatever. Miller? Mark Miller? <laughs> Mark Miller maybe? Problematic guy. Who's that? He wrote was Ultimates. That? He wrote Ult- Kick-Ass. Yeah, okay. Kick-Ass. Maybe it was him? I don't know. He's like a he's a big cock writer, but like kind some of, of his dick. stuff doesn't has not aged well. I see, yeah. But he, he can be good. Well, okay. Superman Red Sun. Adding some salt then to this yeah. to take with it, but uh his theory was that Marvel characters are based on the characters and DC characters are based on their powers. And that's why Marvel movies do better in as movies it explains why they had struggle with soup like modern superman i mean superman is i've never superman, liked superman. works superman is good like there's plenty of great superman stories it's just people lose their minds over like he could do anything like, nothing. he's so boring <laughs> but it's like maybe that explains the first two superman movies but like wonder woman i still don't really get her powers like what her She's Superman, right? But like the thing where she goes like this and makes an energy beam come out or a wave of energy come out of her fist, yeah. like whatever. No, I like her as a character. Yeah, because she well, because her whole thing is like she can do anything, but she chooses to try to be inspiring instead. Yeah, yeah. right. Like she that's cares her, about people. Yeah, the passion. Um, which maybe that's following Marvel's steps. Like yeah, but 
I, I mean, that's the thing. Like, justify it, and then it'll work. I don't know. And if you go back to, like, the, the Nolan Batman movies, it's like, those are from character. They're not about the powers, really. Like, you don't get him being a detective that much. It's more just about, okay, Bruce Wayne's this, fun, this rich guy who's fun to watch be yeah. stupidly rich. And then even going back further, like the Superman and Richard Donner movies, like, that's all character. Yeah. I uh, Part of me wonders if it would be possible to make... Because none of them that I'm aware of really are leaning on the detective aspect of Batman. Like, yeah. what if you straight up made, like, a Batman noir film where he's, like, solving a mystery and then, like, has to beat someone up here and there, but, like... They'd be great, but they're, they're so scared of making a low-stakes superhero movie. Yeah. Maybe it's the Matt Reeves Batman. And there's also did, like, the... I've never read Gotham by Gaslight, but they made that into an That's animated an movie. That's an animated movie, yeah. That I've heard is, based on a comic. Heard it's good, I think. Yeah. I'm sure one of the anime movies has him being more of a detective. Yeah, like, I bet. Uh, the anime show had detective stuff that was pretty good, and Mask of the Phantasm, which is one of the best Batman movies ever. Yeah, that's some detective stuff too. What man? I like Batman. Yeah, I like Batwoman as well. Uh, until it got, I don't know, the first Rucka like reboot stuff was really good. Then it kind of lost its way. I need to read it. I should put yeah, her in the, the first movie. like couple of books were really good. Yeah. Yeah, she's gay. Yeah. Gets, like, kicked out of the army. Amazing art, too. Yeah, really good art. And then, like, the third or fourth collected book, I was kind of like, uh... Because Rucka, like, wasn't writing it anymore. No. They, like, wouldn't let him get her, let her get married to someone, and then he, like, quit. Yep. I don't know. DC's better now, apparently. Really? They got their shit together, now they're way better than Marvel. Uh. <sighs> Is anyway. that how we're ending this? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Let's do the quote challenge, unless there's anything else you want to say. All right, Nick can go first. I'll Wait, do I have anything else written down about? Yeah, any other thoughts on blockbusters? We sort of like jumped all over, but I think it was an interesting discussion. Oh, I wrote down like the, some other budgets to compare Jaws to. Okay. When I was thinking about yeah, I'm was Jaws in low that. budget. I'm interested in It's so, like Jaws is $9 million. Guess what Star Wars had back then? Yeah. So nine million was forty adjusted, right? Yeah, forty one. Uh oh man. Ten? Eleven. Eleven, okay, yeah. Godfather. Ooh. Six. Seven. Oh <laughs> French connection. Ooh. Four. One point eight. Oh. Which wow. that surprised me. Yeah. Because, like, okay, I guess New York was way cheaper to shoot. Oh, yeah. It <laughs> yeah, just go all over the place. It's pretty much all location work. Yeah. But still New York. Yeah. Yeah. But it's New York back then. Like, they could drive fast. Yeah, you then. could just do it. Yeah, you could hit another car by accident, still release the movie. Did that happen? Yeah. Oh, they fun. kept it in the movie and then they paid the guy off. Um, also, The Conversation's a good movie. I yeah. Like that movie a lot. All right, I got quotes. All right, I got okay. a couple in case you don't. Okay. Um, I got to think of one. I didn't come Some of these, Ma- most of these Max will get. And most, all these are blockbusters. Yeah. Yeah. Something we already talked about. That's what racing is about. It has nothing to do with cars or drivers. All that matters is power and the unassailable might of money. I was going to use a quote from this movie. I mean, originally, uh, at first I thought it was Speed Racer. It is. Okay. <laughs> you can't call a planet Bob. Titan AE. Yeah. You are royalty now. I'm a splice. You don't understand what what that means, but I have more in common with a dog than I have with you. Whoa, that sounds familiar. We mentioned it today. We did. Okay. I don't think you saw the movie though. No, you watched like twenty minutes of it. Oh, Jupiter Ascending. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I haven't. All right. Seen it. The last one. I am Dotar Sojat. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> John Carter. Oh man, never saw that. 
What have you got for us? Three balls, two sticks, one corked nose. Snowman? No. Much, much more. I am the wizard of Blizzard. Now run, you little mountain goats. <laughs> Running Man? No. no. Another corpus movie is Snow Dad is better than No Dad. <laughs> and it's a blockbuster. It's a blockbuster flop. Wow. With Michael Keaton. That should give it away. Jack Frost? Yeah. <laughs> wow. I am the wizard of Blizzard. <laughs> I am the wizard of Blizzard. <laughs> baby. Uh, okay, I gotta think of one. Uh, did you think of another one? No. Oh. Mm. I can look at this and try to remember ones. Alright, this one's really easy. This one's really easy. Alright. Kids smell... Baby's smell. That's Jurassic Park. Yep. <laughs> That's an easy one. Also, I was surprised that the BFG is a huge flop. Oh, I'm not surprised by that. Just no, one, no one talked about that. Yeah. I mean, I, I saw the trailer and I was like, who's going to see this? Who we did. We did. did you like it? It's fine. Yeah. It's like James, James and the Giant Peach, like freaky territory. I'm like, I don't want to, Uncanny Valley, I don't want to live in this. It's a lot of just weird language from Mark Rylance, and then the queen shows up and her corgis fart into the air. Yeah, a lot of fart jokes at the end, which is really weird. I've never really liked a fart joke. Never never been into the scatological humor myself. Yeah. yeah. I can't even think of a, of a time where I've liked it. Oh, we, we used to be Ren, into Ren and Stimpy as kids, so yeah. we were all for that. Even as a kid, I, in Ren and Stimpy, I was always unsettled by it. I'm, I'm unsettled by it now. I can't believe I was into it. Yeah. <laughs> I can, but it's like... That was like fucked up to show kids. Yeah. Have you... I really don't know why I just thought of this movie, but have you seen the movie Nothing But Trouble? No. Which one is that? It's uh, Dan Aykroyd written and directed, maybe, and he's in it like four different times. No. Uh, it is a deeply bizarre movie. There's a there's a Red Letter Media, I think, about it. I think it's Red Letter Media. Uh, if you have... This is like a two-hour podcast. Oh, yeah. This one? <laughs> yeah. Hour and a half. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Check out nothing but trouble. It is bizarre. Anyway, uh, <laughs> not to cut you off. Let's keep going. What? Let's keep going. Not to cut you off. <laughs> no, it's over. See you next month. Bye. Bye. Bye.